This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Tuesday. Tuesday? Tuesday. Warlord thinks the CIA is going to save America again. We'll find out. Apparently, the director of the CIA had a meeting, a secret meeting, with the Taliban. We'll see how that goes. A Taliban spokesperson says they need to stop trying to go to the airport. Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates held a press conference about Afghanistan. Trump is signaling he wants to run on Afghanistan in his 2024 bid. Plus, we're going to talk about that. I got the update on why we didn't have the results of the election audit in Arizona. You're never going to guess. Or, or who couldn't have seen it coming? has been delayed because there's a sickness going around among the auditors. Now, this is, this is, I'm teasing what's coming up in the rest of the show. This is how a broadcaster does it. That's a good tease. Just like what last night I said that Louisiana's hospitalizations had gone down for two days in a row. Turns out it hadn't gone down by that much. Today they set the record for deaths. Maybe it was yesterday. The story got reported today. I've got a right-wing nut job sheriff telling people to get vaccinated. One from Florida that I've, I've played numerous videos of his dumb fuckery. He's saying the right thing. And then we have an L.A. fire captain... It's under investigation for being a dumb fuck. I, the whole Trump thing, I can't figure it out. So, somebody wrote a story for AL.com about, like, it was was an opinion piece. It was like, help me make sense of the fact that you booed Trump for telling you to get vaccinated, you know, to the people of Alabama. And I looked at the comments and like one of the women, one of the woman's comments just stuck out to me because she said like the love we have for Trump is genuine. And I'm like, God damn, you're in a cult. You were in a cult. You were in a cult. You're talking about the genuine love that you have for a politician. You are fucking scary. Holy shit. I'd been making the joke like while I was sick. Like, oh, I got some ivermectin. Do not take the horse paste. Do not take the horse paste. All kinds of fantastic memes going around about the people that call other people sheep taking the livestock dewormer. Apparently, some... Shit has gone down on Rikers Island and the inmates have taken over and they're like answering the phones and shit. 
Oh, some cops in California tried to chase down a non-existent Antifa bus. I can't wait to hear that story. We got a black cop that was fired over using the N-word. What the hell? But first, get to the House of Representatives who was in session today. House Democrats passed the $3.5 trillion budget resolution. They advanced it is the more appropriate terminology. Now the committees will hammer out the details. House Democrats passed a $3.5 trillion budget resolution on Tuesday with a, 20, a 222-212 vote advancing the party's effort to pass a sweeping economic package that would expand the nation's social safety net. Democrats now will be able to use the budget reconciliation process to pass a bill, likely later this fall, by a simple majority tackling key priorities like health care, child care, and climate change. Budget, uh, the budget resolution passed as a rule that also set up floor action on the bipartisan infrastructure bill and advances voting rights legislation came as part of a deal between House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and moderates. Moderates, no. No, those are the Republicans that ran as Democrats. We're not moderates. I take issue with Axios' terminology here. The budget bill is one part of a process set up to enact President Biden's landmark domestic legislation. The reconciliation process means a bill can pass without support from Republicans who have already voiced their oppositions. Yeah, thanks, Bernie. It is Bernie that did the heavy lifting on this. And it's also Bernie that is going into Trump districts to sell this bill. And put pressure on the moderates. The the Democrats in name only, if you want to use a Republican turn of a phrase. Budget was passed after days of infighting among Democrats over the order in which they would pass both the resolution and a rule to proceed on the bipartisan infrastructure bill. On this issue, Nancy Pelosi has actually been on the right side. She has sided with the progressives in the which it was only like nine of these asshole right wing Democrats that were holding this up. The progressives are like a hundred. And they said that they would not vote for the bipartisan bill if they didn't pass this bill first. And Nancy Pelosi was on board and threatened to cut funding. From these Demo- the nine Democrats that held it up. The working date to pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill is September 27th. It is unlikely that the reconciliation bill, which is still in the process of being drafted through different congressional committees, will be written by then. Senators Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin have publicly expressed concern over the price tag of the reconciliation bill. And their votes are critical to passage. Because Democrats can't spare a single member, this could mean they will need to pare down the bill before it is brought to a vote. Something must be out in my backyard because Smokey is going nuts over there. 
Hey, buddy. Town Hall, which is a far-right online publication, wrote a piece praising Kirsten Cinema. One Democrat is a hell no on the left's left. And, like, notice the framing. This is the kind of bullshit that right-wingers read, and they'll tell you that NPR and NBC is biased. But, like, just look at the shit. How they frame everything. The left's $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill. Senator Kristen Cinema is quickly becoming my favorite Democrat. We probably don't agree on much, but she's not gone full communist like other members of her party. Her line seems to be, I'm a liberal, just not nuts like you people. Like, they're even putting it in quotes. No, I didn't have. Oh, it's like one quotation mark. I was like, it's almost like he even put it in quotes as if she said it. I'm okay with that. I also like how she will do what she feels is best for her state and the country. And Chuck Schumer has no sway in the matter. That's weird. The other wild card is Senator Joe Manchin, who walks a careful path, being a senator from a now deep red state. Cinema has made her position clear. She's a no vote on this $3.5 trillion lefty boondoggle package. Lefty boondoggle package. This is the human infrastructure bill that the far left wants to pass now and have threatened to block the bipartisan infrastructure deal that was hashed out with Senate Republicans. Town Hall goes on. This is Matt Velasquez, Matt Vespa. There we go. Yeah. And there's another problem. Nancy Pelosi doesn't have the votes in the House to pass the $3.5 trillion package. I think she does. Nine House Democrats are entrenched in their position to oppose the package. Obviously, that already happened. This was a story from this morning. So clearly, Town Hall doesn't know what they're talking about. how party politics works. I'm sure Nancy Pelosi either gave in or she threatened to withhold funding. She gave them something for their vote. Or maybe she did play hardball. Also, passing the House, major bill to restore the Voting Rights Act passes with no Republican support. U.S. House passed a major bill that would restore two key sections of the Voting Rights Act and rebuff much of the Supreme Court's election jurisprudence over the past 15 years. The John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, named for the former Georgia congressman and civil rights leader, passed along party lines with the votes of 219 Democrats and no Republicans on Tuesday. House returned from its August recess to pass that legislation and the resolution that will serve as the blueprint for the Democrats' $3.5 trillion budget plan, which is like one of the only major investments we've had in this country. We had a little bit of spending coming out of the Great Recession early in the Obama administration. 
This is the first real investment in this country in like fucking 35 years. Voting rights bill was carefully crafted to focus on combating the uh, judiciary's narrowing of key voting rights protections. As in contrast with the For the People Act, Congressional Democrats' wide-ranging voting rights and democracy reform package that has earned much of the focus on Capitol Hill this year and was filibustered by Senate Republicans in June. I do want to acknowledge before we get into some of the heavier stuff we're going to talk about tonight there is a new governor of the state of New York Andrew Cuomo left Uh, apparently the whole thing about his dog is just sensationalism he didn't actually leave his dog or some shit I didn't hear what the reason was I don't really give a shit a lot of the right wing outlets made a big deal about it which I mean is pretty shitty. He left his dog. But apparently that's just not the case. Good afternoon. This is the new governor of New York. Years ago, I took the oath of office to become your lieutenant governor. I'm humbled that the people of New York twice put what? their faith in me. To- uh, Kathy Hochul. I've, I know nothing about her, so let's let's meet her together. Fill this role, which required me to be prepared, if necessary, to serve as your governor. And now, that day has come. She is the first governor of New York. Midnight, I once again took the oath of office, creating a sacred bond of trust between me and every New Yorker. And thus, I stand here as the 57th governor of New York. But I did not get, out, get here without the courage. I'm not high enough for this shit. That has nothing to do with you, ma'am. The courage of the early suffragettes who began the long march for equality and the elected women who came before me, paving the way for this day. We've got a fresh start with you. I I don't know who you are. I don't know anything about you. You can win me over. I'm going to assume you're more on the shit-lib side, though. They taught me resistance. And the courage of my grandparents as teenagers fleeing great poverty in Ireland in search of a better life. They taught me perseverance. And the courage of my mother, who despite growing up in an abusive home and losing her own mother at a young age, raised six children in Buffalo, all while engaging in social and racial justice movements. Together we founded a home for survivors of domestic violence when she was 70 years old. I, I want this dude to be governor of New York. I think he would do a much better job than any other politician they have. This guy right here, the American Sign Language uh, translator... She taught me empathy and the courage of my dad to dream big for his family, making steel by day and getting an education at night and leaving it all to join the tech star. Oh, there's some really cool ones that go along with the rappers. It's like to be a risk taker. YouTube videos that have gone viral. Family. I'm with you, Dip. Children, Will and Katie, to encourage me to pursue my passion for public service despite countless hours of my absence. They taught me unconditional love. I share those influences so you can understand the depth of my commitment to you. And to those New Yorkers who've yet to meet me, I say this. You may not And I've never met a sign language translator that like wasn't a very nice person. I travel to all 62 counties every year. 
I that's 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 why like I'm I'm supported your small business being positively prejudiced towards the engaged local sign language interpreter work to revitalize and saying that dude probably has a heart of gold and would make an excellent governor. And I've listened with a broken heart to your stories of loss from opioid abuse. Sadly similar to what happened to my nephew. Maybe I'm wrong on that. And I've rallied with advocates to pass paid family leave, raise the minimum wage, enact agenda protect our strong gun laws, and so much more. And I've been in the trenches with local health leaders and officials battling the pandemic day after day. Yes, ma'am, you've, you've got a hell of a task ahead of you. I've embraced and internalized the hopes and dreams of 20 million people who share the name New Yorkers. And I want you to know you are heard. And I'm ready to get to work as your governor to solve the big problems that this state faces. Good on you. You have a hell of a task ahead of you because if you guys have been paying attention to the COVID map, it's just gone redder and redder. Because, like, New York was in good shape a few months ago. And just the red has moved upward and upward. Apparently, cases tripled in South Dakota here in the two weeks uh, following the Sturgis rally. We'll talk about COVID here in just a second. But first, Afghanistan. Let's talk about Afghanistan. I served in Afghanistan as a U.S. Marine twice. Here's the truth in two sentences. Hear what he's got to say. What we are seeing in Afghanistan right now shouldn't shock you. It only seems that way because our institutions are steeped in systematic dishonesty. It doesn't require a dissertation to explain what you're seeing, just two sentences. One, for 20 years, politicians, elites, and D.C. military leaders lied to us about Afghanistan. Two, what happened last week was inevitable, and anyone saying differently is still lying to you. That has been my problem with the coverage. And apparently Biden's done a good job of actually evacuating people. They got like 16,000 out yesterday. Never forget the Washington Post published the Afghanistan papers proving definitively how we were lied to the entire time that you shouldn't be shocked about what's going on because our military leaders knew it 20 fucking years ago. And we know this. It is documented. And I am tired of the faux outrage from the asshole Republican politicians. Confidential trove of government documents obtained by the Washington Post reveals that senior U.S. officials failed to tell the truth about the war in Afghanistan throughout the 18-year campaign. Now 20 years. This was published two years ago. Making rosy pronouncements they knew to be false and hiding unmistakable evidence that the war had become unwinnable. The documents were generated by a federal project examining the root failures of the longest armed conflict in U.S. history. They include more than 2,000 pages of previously unpublished notes of interviews with people who played a direct role in the war, from generals and diplomats to aid workers and Afghan officials. 
It's disgusting. And the imperialist propaganda in the news from from all fucking outlets. I saw so I almost I almost threw it on my rundown. Like a story from Newsweek that was just just sheer fucking propaganda. I was outraged. What up, duty? But keep that in mind as we go through these next few stories. Taliban spokesperson, we are not in favor of allowing Afghans to leave. Taliban spokesperson, Zabahula Mujahid, said Tuesday that Afghans should stop attempting to reach Kabul's international airport and reiterated that the militant group would not agree to extend the August 31st deadline for U.S. troops to withdraw. The evacuation effort has ramped up significantly over the last 48 hours, but giving uh, Mujahid's statement that we are not in favor of allowing Afghans to leave, the window to complete the operation could soon begin to close. And I want to make it perfectly clear As I said last night, I don't want to be callous to the situation. I am all in favor of getting as many fucking people out of there as it, like, a lot of the media has been focused on, like, just the people that helped the war effort. No, anybody that wants to leave Afghanistan, bring them the fuck here. I'm all about it. Give them Montana. Give them one of the Dakotas. Just go ahead, give it away to them. Well, I mean, that... Yes, we are negotiating with terrorists again, but I mean, the Taliban is the government of Afghanistan. And I mean, not the recognized government, but that's that's who runs the fucking country. So it makes sense to negotiate with them. The director of the CIA held a secret meeting with the leader of the Taliban It was the highest level meeting between the U.S. and the Taliban since the group took over Afghanistan. CIA director William Burns met with, and I did not know who the CIA director was and all this fucking confusion. All the shit that has happened this year. When I picked this story out, I was like, I don't even know who the CIA director is right now. CIA director William Burns met with the current Taliban leader, Mullah Abdul Ghani Baradar. Mullah Abdul Ghani Baradar. I don't only see him referred to as Ghani. Mullah Abdul Ghani Baradar. Monday in Kabul, the highest level meeting with the group since it seized Kabul just over a week ago. Burns flew to Kabul Monday in secret for the meeting, reporting uh, reported the paper with Baradar, who acted as the Taliban's top negotiator in talks with the Trump administration to set the terms of the American withdrawal agreement. Burns, a respected diplomat, is the highest-ranking U.S. official to meet with the Taliban since last weekend's abrupt collapse of the U.S.-backed Afghan government of President Asraf Ghani. Oh, maybe that was the Ghani I was thinking of. Maybe I'd never heard of this Bardarar guy. Close confidant of Taliban founder Mullah Muhammad Omar, Bardar was arrested uh, in Pakistan in 2010 in a joint operation between the CIA and the ISI and held for eight years at the American prison in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, 
before being released in 2018. In 2020, he personally negotiated the final steps of the peace deal between the U.S. and the Taliban with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, and the two men were photographed together. Tens of thousands more foreign citizens and Afghans granted humanitarian visas waiting to escape Taliban rule. Burns can be expected to have discussed the promised August 31st deadline to withdraw that the Taliban have thus far refused to extend among multiple urgent subjects. With thousands of visa holders and citizens of their own still at large in the country, Britain, France, and other U.S. allies in the region have requested an extension until the airport, which would return to Taliban military control on the 1st of September, can be fully cleared of people fleeing. Thousands more Afghans, many of whom worked as interpreters or served in the Afghan military, have thrown the airport gates which are guarded by a confusing mix of Taliban, Afghan National Army, and foreign military forces. Biden is said to be considering a decision on extending the mission into September and can make an announcement as soon as Tuesday, according to American media reports. I had not seen that as of just a couple of hours ago. But now a couple of people did issue statements on Afghanistan. They are representatives Green and Gates. Briefers have concluded they're now taking questions and it's very clear to me that these people had no plan. We're getting an operational briefing for people who were not prepared for the operation. That is the committees in Congress received a intelligence briefing today. The current situation in Afghanistan is very dissimilar to 9-11. In 9-11, there were a variety of things that broke down throughout the intelligence community that had a tragic... I would like to take this opportunity to once again ask, why is Matt Gates still in Congress? One flawed assumption, that the Afghan government and that the Afghan military would ever fight. We send the Department of Defense off for thousands of studies in the National Defense Authorization Act, and they appear to have studied everything except what actually happened, which was... Weed! I can smoke again! This is a total failure of nation-building. It's a total failure of neoconservatism. And it's our hope that going forward, we'll actually get a team in place that knows what the hell is... That's what I'm saying, Curiouser! That group of people, they didn't know what was going on beforehand. They had this flawed assumption that the Afghan government... and it's particularly frustrating. I wonder how the Cuban boy thing is working out now that Gates married his woman. They got hitched over the weekend. To continue to hear the intel professionals tell us a different thing. Than Welcome, the RB. Officials. Uh, we can't get into the specifics of what we Uh-oh, do. we got a cat but ass over very here. Very different assessments from the DNI. Then I heard from the Secretary of State and from the Secretary of Defense. Congressman. I had Nestor. I, what I just heard in there is, is beyond appalling to me. What Americans need to know at home is this administration has failed you on every single level. Now, every- this administration. What did we just read? What did we just... The, 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 this is a failure going back 20 fucking years that we've been lied to the entire fucking time and that the Trump administration negotiated all of this. 
Everyone knows there are Americans trapped in Afghanistan, but this was Joe Biden's fault, Kamala Harris's fault, and all of his administration and those... There's abuse of something going on with both of these people. ...was completely irresponsible. They had the information, and they... There's abuse of common decency going on with both of them. Now, there is no trust in an administration that would do this to our very young people. This is not a political issue. I do not care about Republican or Democrat. We should all be focused on Americans stranded in Afghanistan and our... How do I sound in glorious stereo? That is what should be number one. I'm also purely disgusted at Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats calling us back here to talk about passing bills when our sole focus should be on getting Americans out of Afghanistan. I have... Ma'am, 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 infrastructure is an incredibly urgent issue, especially to me. Like, I don't get a focus on it enough. There are over 40,000 bridges that are listed as structurally deficient in this fucking country. It scares me to death when I drive over the Tennessee River. I think... Infrastructure in this country is a very pressing issue. No trust. I have no confidence in this administration. Every single one of them should resign. And America needs new leadership that actually cares about our people, our children, our grandchildren, and all of our money. Those people making decisions on what has happened are the same people in charge for decades now. And look at where we are. We, it, is, it, is, it is time for... Oh, you're not tied down to the computer. And that is why I'm walking out here... I see what you're saying. Hell yeah. Everyone should be appalled. Everyone should be demanding for them to resign. I demand for them... I am appalled! I have demanded for you to resign! For Matt Gates to resign! I am incredibly appalled, woman! ...them to resign. They have failed America, and I'm fed up with it. Yes, Thank question. you. How many, how many Americans are uh, I did not hear anything in that briefing different. I am not high enough for this shit. On the Sunday shows, which was a great deal of confusion uh, and poor record keeping and insufficient. Effort. Absolute fucking morons. How many as of today have been repatriated? That that would get into. This is just your levity break. We're getting ready to get into some heavy shit. Warning. What do you guys want to see? What would be your recommendations as members of Congress for how they could fix part of what is going on now? Well, uh, any trust. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. What What would you do? You're a member of Congress. What What is your suggestion, Matt Gates? In whatever remnants of the former Afghan government that were propped up is misplaced. Any trust in the Taliban to be able to deliver security outcomes for our fellow Americans is misplaced. Uh, I stand before you not as a principal critic of Afghanistan withdrawal. I'm a member of the Armed Services Committee. I've been one of the loudest Republicans on the Armed Services Committee in support of President Biden's decision to withdraw. So I don't critique that. Well, then what? 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 That at all. It is the intelligence failure and it is the operational failure that those in those men principally in that room led and they failed. How are we supposed to take the word of Lloyd Austin and General Milley on what's going on in Afghanistan? They too woke for you. They didn't even plan for the Taliban takeover that so many of us knew was inevitable. I think that a change in personnel would go a long way 
to building confidence in, in an evacuation. Okay, so he just said it was inevitable. If this was inevitable, what did you expect them to do about it? Just bitching about it. That's all it is. His hair looks good. Like, that's a good haircut. I'm sure he paid like $100 for it. Mine's not made up ahead of this, what you were going to say, regardless of what you heard. No, look, we are always hopeful that people will bring an actual plan informed by the facts on the ground. What we've seen from Secretary Austin and General Milley is a, is a total lack of understanding about Afghanistan, and it's not just them. It's political leadership of yesteryear. It's military leadership of yesteryear. How many briefings has this Congress gotten about the built-up capabilities of the Afghan government? Well, I don't know. It was, it was all a lie. You're the one in Congress, sir, and I don't know how. After all the shit you've been accused of, I don't know how you're still in Congress. That that government was ever going to hold. And we knew that it wouldn't. That's why we supported President Biden's decision to withdraw, but to not plan for the eventuality and to still have no plan is an insult to our country and it is particularly I he never answered the question about like what he would do it's just shifting over like oh we just want to fucking throw the blame on the Biden administration we want to bitch about the Democrats and we want the spotlight on ourselves those are two media whores the, the rest of the Republican Party gave a uh, press conference on Afghanistan. These two did their own. That's all it is. Trump teases potential 2024 bid amid Afghanistan crisis. We won it twice. I've won it twice now. No, you haven't. And now I have to win it again. I guess if we're going to have uh, going to save the country, look, I'll make a decision. Trump told conservative talk show host Lisa Booth on her podcast, The Truth with Lisa Booth, which I that's a fun fucking name. I like alliteration. The truth with Lisa Booth. The truth with Lisa Booth. It won't be maybe for a little while. You know, a lot of people would like to see a decision immediately, but perhaps there's also a big group, including maybe myself, that would like to see it after the midterms. Trump has made repeated false claims that he won the 2020 presidential election and has stated that the race was rigged and tainted by widespread voter fraud. However, there's been no substantial evidence to suggest that the election uh, was subject to widespread election fraud. And we were all waiting with bated breath yesterday to see what they found in the Arizona audit. Unfortunately, that has been delayed. Because members of the firm Cyber Ninjas have contracted the COVID. A dubious review of millions of ballots cast in Arizona's largest county will be delayed after three members of the company involved in the effort contracted COVID-19. The firm Cyber Ninjas has been expected to hand over findings on Monday from its chaotic and widely criticized review of 2020 presidential election ballots cast in Maricopa County. But that timeline will be pushed back after a majority of its team became quite sick. I hope you're anti-vaxxers. 
I hope you're walking the walk, fuckers. The team is expected to have a full draft ready for the Senate today, but unfortunately, Cyber Ninja CEO Doug Logan and two other members of the five-person audit team have tested positive for COVID-19 and are quite sick. Arizona Senate President Kieran Fan said in a statement, Fan said lawmakers had received a portion of the draft report and that members of the Arizona Senate's legal team would meet Wednesday to begin the process of reviewing the draft for accuracy, clarity, and proof of documentation of findings. The highly partisan, that's my word, not the Hills, audit has been dogged by questions over its competence and validity since March when the Senate, without a bid process, signed Cyber Ninjas, whose chief executive had spread misinformation about the 2020 election before his hiring. Florida-based cybersecurity firm was selected despite the company having no prior experience in conducting election audits and after an experienced election audit firm had offered its services. So clearly they were audit firm shopping or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And they got the COVID because who couldn't see that coming? Unfortunately, our health officials didn't seem to see this fall coming. Maybe they did. I don't like, I've, I'm, I'm kind of convinced that they're just like, let all your plebes kids catch it and let's see if we can get herd immunity that way. We've got to keep the economy open. Honestly, it seems like that's the decision they made. We're not going to try to contain it at all. Now, Fauci was on with Anderson Cooper, I guess, last night, saying that he hopes we will be able to get through this by the spring. If the majority of Americans get vaccinated, quote, we could start to really get some good control over this as we get back into the fall of 2022, a year from now. Is that the best case scenario? And what does control look like? No. You know, I... You know, uh, uh, Anderson, I have to apologize. When I listened to the tape, I meant to say the spring of 2022, so I did misspeak. And in the conversation with Mary Louise Kelly, she was saying, when do I think we're going to start to get some control? I said, if we can get through this winter and get really the majority, overwhelming majority of the 90 million people who have not been vaccinated, vaccinated, I hope we could start to get some good control. But that, that, that. Right there, they have the National Institutes of Health is telling us that we have no control over the spread of a deadly virus through our country. Isn't isn't that like burying the lead there? In the spring of 2022, the people who are unvaccinated now, that 90 million people, get them vaccinated. I think we can get a degree of overall blanket protection of the community that as we get into the early part of 2022, getting through the winter, which could be complicated by influenza, by respiratory syncytial virus, that as we get into the spring... Yeah, the RSV is spreading through children right now at a time it doesn't usually spread, apparently. ...that we were hoping we could do. Restaurants, theaters, that kind of thing. But again, there's a big caveat there, Anderson. This is a very wily virus. We thought we were going to have that degree of freedom as we got into the 4th of July and the summer. And then along comes a soccer punch with the, with the Delta variant, 
which is extraordinary in its capability of spreading from person to person. So we hope we'll be there at the time frame that I mentioned correctly being the spring of 2022. But there's no guarantee because it's up to us. If we keep lingering without getting those people vaccinated that should be vaccinated, this thing could linger on, leading to the development of another variant which could complicate things. So it's within our power to get this under control. And what percentage? And that is to get vaccinated. Now I'm just starting to hear like health officials talking about different variants forming. Which has been like my concern all the fuck along. Here's the data. I've got one of these right wing morons hanging out in room watching right now. Here you go. Here's the fucking data. Unvaccinated, 29 times more likely to be hospitalized with COVID-19. CDC study says infection and hospitalization rates in late July were 5 and 29 times higher respectively among unvaccinated people in Los Angeles County than the fully vaccinated, according to a new report out Tuesday from the CDC. Hospitals and state health officials have been warning that the spike in COVID-19 hospitalizations is mostly attributed to unvaccinated adults. Still, the data which shows one-fourth of Los Angeles infections were among the vaccinated coincides with another CDC report out Tuesday that also shows the waning vaccine effectiveness against the Delta variant. The CDC looked at a cohort of frontline healthcare workers and determined that the vaccine effectiveness had gone down to 66%, independent of time since vaccination. Last week, the agency released initial reports on vaccine effectiveness, including one on adults in New York, with vaccine effectiveness declining from about 92% in early May to nearly 80% by late July. Welcome, Cricks. The two data sets out Tuesday add to the emerging evidence that protection from COVID-19 shots decrease over time. And that you have more fuel for the fire for the anti-vaxxers to be like, Oh, the vaccine don't work. No, motherfuckers. Oh, we do have a right-wing idiot in the chat lurking. I hope you've enjoyed getting educated. Proof is in the pudding, as they say. The CEO of Pfizer also warning about variants. I'm predicting it now. There's going to be a Alabama variant, a Louisiana variant, a Florida variant. We will see it. The first pharmaceutical company to get full FDA approval of its COVID vaccine. President they Biden don't understand statistical analysis at all. No more reasons to delay. If you're one of the millions of Americans who said that they uh, will not get the shot when it's until it has full and final approval of the FDA, it is now happening. the Florida man variant. I love it. 
for is here. It's time for you to go get your vaccination and get it today. The FDA approval is the gold standard. And as I just said, now it has been granted. I actually saw a friend get vaccinated yesterday. I was like, I can't believe you hadn't been vaccinated this entire time. Did you, were you waiting for the FDA? What? It's great to have you here with us today. Congratulations to you and your company. Uh, the utmost concern for anybody when they look at taking a vaccine is to understand. Get the fuck out of here, dude. I don't Can care. You explain the, the scope and scale of what you have done to try to get to this point of getting full FDA approval. Thank you. It's a great honor to be in your show, Dana. Um, we have done uh, a submission to the FDA that uh, has an unprecedented magnitude. Just to give you an idea, uh, the file that we submitted to the FDA was composed by 360,000 pages. 360,000 pages of data. I don't think there is any other medicine in the world that have been studied so intensively, not only in controlled clinical trials like the ones that we presented to the FDA, well, I was going to give uh, the CEO of Pfizer props on going on Fox News to actually talk to the audience that needs to hear this message. We have given more than one billion doses of this vaccine. But uh, as racist as they are over there, um, um, I don't know if that doesn't backfire with the fact that he has an accent. But then again, he's, he's, he's got a white country accent. 9% of the population is in computerized systems that we have very good visibility on the- Well, I've already seen the arguments. They're like, well, cigarettes are FDA approved. Most researched medicines in the world. So now that you have full approval, you are allowed then as a company to do some marketing. Do you have plans and messaging ready to try to convince people who have been hesitant and skeptical about the vaccine in order for them to change their mind and persuade them to get the shot? No, I don't think right now for us the priority it is to do anything different than what we do. We are very, very focused on uh, two things. One, it is to produce as many doses as possible because, as you know, the world needs more. And right- Oh, 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 I've got a great suggestion for you, sir. Release the IP, the intellectual property. You should be able to copyright fucking medicine. Release it and let other countries produce their own vaccine. And that will achieve the goal you stated we need to do. As I said, the first six months of 2021. And we are going to release 2 billion doses incremental. So a total of three for the remaining six months of the year. And what will you do to try to keep up? Excuse me, if I only have a couple of more minutes. What do you what will you do to try to keep up with the variants? We're already talking about boosters um, and then but can the boosters and this technology, the mRNA technology that's now proven safe and effective over many years, but now for this vaccine, um, how do you keep up with that? Bravo, Fox. The second thing that I was going to say that we're trying to do, we keep up with the boosters. And uh, what we do, it is every time to keep up with the variants, every time that the variant appears in the world, our scientists are getting their hands around it. And they are researching to see if this variant can escape the protection of our vaccine. We haven't identified any yet, but we believe that it is uh, likely that uh, one day one of them will emerge. And we have built a process that within 95 days from the day that we identify a variant as a variant of concern, we will be able to have a vaccine tailor-made. That's cool. And then what so three, three months, what they think the they can have a... For getting approval for children... Vaccine for a variant. 12. We are having a very large studies right now. For kids between 5 and uh, 11, uh, we will be able to finish our studies uh, in September. And a little bit later, we are going to do for kids below five years old. All right. 
And I know that the new name is going to be for, of the vaccine. You're going to call it Comirnaty. I know I can't. I'll have you pronounce it for me. But I just wonder why, given all the marketing you've already done, why not just call it the Pfizer vaccine? It is a community, and uh, unfortunately, laws they will not. They are very specific. The laws of how you can brand the name and the regulation. It's a marketing thing. Fuck! It, it's it's disgusting. Of several worlds. It is uh, COVID, of course, from the core. It is mRNA. It is not. But also reminds community and immunity. All right. Well, you know what? I will work on my pronunciation, sir. I appreciate you being on, Dr. Albert Berla. You need Berla. a heavy accent like mine, Diana, to do it. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thanks for... <laughs> wow. I'm glad we watched that. I fucking... I hate marketing. It ruins everything. Oh shit, now it's gonna get a little dark. I'm gonna warn you guys. We're gonna be talking about fucking. This, this might not be so dark for you. You might enjoy it a little bit. This might be a little bit of Schadenfreude. We're gonna hear from the family of the conservative radio host out of Nashville who was making fun of the vaccine. It's one of these far right fucking nut jobs, and he got what was coming to him. On four, for the first time since the death of radio talk show host Phil Valentine, his brother is sitting down with us. He spoke exclusively with our Danielle Jackson about Phil's legacy and what message he wants others to learn. The legacy of being a dumbass. Phil's brother Mark told me today's broadcast here at WTN will be dedicated to Phil. He's planning to speak during the time that his brother typically would, and he's hoping listeners will learn from Phil's passing. We're holding up, you know, it's, it is hard to process losing your best friend and your brother all on the same day. It's not the what a wonderful company, Viagra and a COVID vaccine. His brother, Phil Valentine, a longtime Nashville conservative radio host. He passed away from complications from COVID-19 Saturday. What was your last conversation with Phil like? He said, look, man, I've, I've lived a life of 10 men. He said, I've done everything that... You could imagine. Phil tested positive for COVID-19 in mid-July. And and then, like, I just, like, you're a mediocre white man, and you got to live a life that others can't imagine. You should have never been on the radio and been as recognized as you are because you're a dumb fuck. No one should have ever listened to anything you had to say. You're an idiot. Just like all the other right-wing blowhards. And get back to work, but things quickly changed. He was hospitalized, placed on a ventilator, and died almost a month later. I'm sorry if that was a little harsh. You know, for a second, I was getting ready to... <clears throat> to dial his number. But I could Valentine was a skeptic of the vaccine, but after his hospitalization, his brother Mark told us he regretted not getting the shot. I think it was Alan West sitting there with him in the first shot. Well, well, the the, the problem is, Danielle, is the science is all over the place. That's what I'm just saying. You know, the. Oh, my God, this dude still, still. No, no. The science is not all over the place. This fucking confusion is coming from bullshit artists like your fucking brother who should have never been on the fucking radio. 
Fuck you, dude. Fuck you. Now, now that we have empirical evidence, now we have enough vaccines and we have this resurgence of COVID, we can measure what's going on in the emergency rooms and the COVID facilities around the country. And you can get a, you know, a more definitive, clearly focused um, number for people to look at. Mark even decided himself to get the vaccine after his brother's prognosis. And so did many of Phil's listeners. This is a frontline nurse who told me, you know, I went and got the vaccine. And this dumb fuck shouldn't be on the radio now. You just went and got the, you just found all the empirical evidence. Fuck you, dude. And like, I, I, fuck. I want it, like, I've known about, like, the mRNA technology. Like, there's there's been really cool pieces done on it. Because this has been going on for a long time. They've been researching this for, like, well over a decade. And I wanted specifically to get one of the mRNA vaccines because I thought it was cool. I knew. Don't tell me you didn't know that it wasn't fucking the science was all over the place. No, no. The confusion came from people like you, from people like your brother. Holy shit. Fuck off, dude. I and, and like, he is on the public airwaves. They should take him off. One of the requirements for having a license to broadcast over the public airwaves is operating in the community's best interest. I, I should file an FCC complaint over the fact that this motherfucker is on the radio. Fuck you, dude. And solely because of, of what happened here. Mark is hoping this terrible situation will turn into well, a... Okay, 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 Adam. It probably was a vile, like, in their defense, it was a graphics person that just looked up, you know, uh, a needle and vile or something like that and put the video in there. Or it was the editor that was doing the package up in the editing bay. And, like, they, they just weren't paying attention. They weren't even thinking of that. They were they were watching Netflix over to the side. Thousands of others. And this isn't something that usually happens, but Phil got it wrong. He just did. And No, 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 no. I'm willing to bet the motherfucker got a lot of shit wrong. I'm willing to bet he was an absolute dumb fuck that has been if I went back and listened to episodes of his show, I could probably pick it apart and say that he was wrong about fucking everything. I don't know how long he was on the radio. We could go back like fucking twenty years, see what his thoughts on Iraq or Afghanistan were. Fuck off, dude. Fuck off. And we wouldn't be in this situation and so you know, it, it, everybody can't be right all the time. Mark says, I bet he was never fucking right. The reasons others get vaccinated. He says he doesn't want any other families to go through this pain. Now the family is planning a private burial ceremony for this weekend. And that's just like a goddamn right winger to not care about an issue until it affects them personally. And then not even take personal responsibility. I hear that so often from these right-wing fucking lunatics. Like, oh, it's about personal responsibility. No, you only mean that when it comes to fucking government assistance programs. You never take personal responsibility for anything. You entitled fucking pricks.
Well, you're, you're wrong once in a lifetime. Phil was wrong this time, but he's right every other time. Fuck off, you stupid motherfucker. I'm not high enough for this. Fuck. Meanwhile, the surge continues in southern states because of the incompetence of people like fucking... It bothers me that these dumb fucks are taking advice from radio hosts and Ben Shapiro and Tucker Carlson. No, motherfuckers! Louisiana sets a new record for most COVID deaths reported in a day. Sets record for most COVID deaths reported. That I said the other day that we're at the, the worst part of the pandemic. Someone in the chat was like, worst part yet. And it's true. The worst part so far. Tuesday spike in deaths. Moves Louisiana passed another grim milestone. More than 12,000 people in the state have died since the first case of COVID-19 was reported. There was a Saints game last night, by the way. I think they required vaccination. Yeah, yeah, they did. Louisiana... Louisiana reported 139 new COVID-19 deaths on Tuesday, the most deaths reported in a single day since the start of the pandemic. The previous record for most deaths in a single day was 129 reported on April 14th, 2020, according to the Louisiana Department of Health. Tuesday's spike in deaths moves Louisiana past another grim milestone. COVID-19 hospitalizations increased... By a net of 18 patients on Monday. I did the story last night. I'm like, oh, in Louisiana, hospitalizations have gone down two days in a row. Encouraging. Hospitalizations increased by a net of 18 patients on Monday, snapping a six-day streak of decreasing hospitalizations for the state's nine health regions reported fewer than 10 ICU beds available on Monday. Not fucked in a good way. I and it only gets grimmer, guys. Like if you if you got a weak stomach for this stuff, come back in about twenty minutes. Cruise passenger dies of COVID nineteen following outbreak on a carnival ship. I want to yell about the fact that why is anybody on a fucking cruise ship right now? What? Why are they even allowing cruise ships to go out right now? Why? And there are so many... <laughs> there are so many bands canceling their tours. I'm seeing... Because like I get all these notifications because I love live music. I get all these notifications like, Oh, oh blah, blah, blah uh, has pulled out. We're going to announce replacements shortly. <laughs> Blah, blah, blah has COVID. We're going to announce replacements shortly. Like, why are you trying to continue? It takes government action. 
there has to be an official lockdown and a payment plan and a moratorium on mortgages and rent put in place in order to cut down the spread. You can't force people to go out and go to work. And not expect this to happen. We did the, We did this story last night. An entire Texas town has shut down. Effectively, it's locked down right now because everybody's got like fucking COVID. What are they supposed to do? They need help. And it's not like ending the unemployment benefits did anything. We're going to do that story here in just a little bit. A woman who tested positive for COVID-19 aboard a Carnival cruise ship amid an outbreak died earlier this month attesting the new regulations facing the cruise industry as ships resume sailing. What a horrible idea! The New York Times and NBC News report that the passenger was one of 27 people who contracted the virus aboard the Carnival Vista cruise ship during a trip to the Caribbean in late July and early August. Or is it Caribbean? Is Caribbean a, a southern way of saying it? Is it Caribbean? How do the locals say it? Caribbean sounds kind of like fucking hickish, doesn't it? I, I mean, if you want to look at it that way, you, you can talk... You, there, there have been books written on how renaissances come out of pandemics. Because like it, it's a it's a it's a good culling of of stupid people. But I mean, I didn't say that. There's just there's just been you know people wrote about that shit. The other twenty six people who contracted the virus were crew members. Oh my god, they were just fucking workers that had to go back to work. Oh my god. There were probably others on the ship and they just didn't get sick or sick enough to have to go and and be reported. Fuck. BC News reports that the fatality is the first cruise-linked COVID-19 death since ships resumed sailing out of the U.S. in June. The female passenger who was traveling with her family tested positive after experiencing respiratory complications. When the ship arrived in Belize... Four days into the eight-day voyage, was admitted to a hospital and placed on a ventilator. As I understand it, like, cruise ships are horrible. They're horrible, horrible experiences. Where they're, like, packing as many people as they can on there to make as much money as they can. Passenger was later evacuated to Tulsa, Oklahoma for further treatment. However, the Times reports that the passenger died on August 14th, about two weeks after the ship departed from the U.S. The Times reports the passenger was 77 years old. Why? Why are you a 77-year-old woman going on a cruise in the middle of a global pandemic? Why? The Vista sailed out of Galveston, Texas. Oh, it, it's unclear if she was vaccinated or not.
Oh. This is the real heart wrencher. Pregnant nurse passes with unborn child due to COVID nineteen. Oh, and they had a they had a couple of like really cute puppies too. Pregnant nurse at Ascension Sacred Heart in Pensacola, Florida, along with her unborn child, passed away due to COVID-19. Haley Richardson, 32, died within three weeks of catching the virus. Richardson's family and friends, as well as her co-workers at Ascension Sacred Heart, are devastated by the loss. Richard's family told WEART... She was not vaccinated only because she did not know the effect the vaccine would have on her newborn. Richardson leaves behind her husband and their daughter. Apparently, you pass on your antibodies to your child. We now know that. That's super fucking cool. It's safe for a pregnant person to get vaccinated. That has been verified. And you can pass the antibodies on to your child. I mean, I'm a little more understanding of a pregnant woman. Oh, don't think I haven't looked into, like, I I wouldn't be able to do comedy on a cruise just because, like, I'm not funny when I have to work clean. I I have never had a good set. Trying to work. I've only tried it a couple times. Never had a good set. It's like all I got if I can't cuss and talk about sex and drugs is I've got jokes about like being scared of opening a can of biscuits and that's gonna... But I had looked into actually because I thought it'd be cool to go and, and do uh, sets on a cruise but... not family friendly oh she had a cute little girl one of Richardson's friends said Monday that she came down with the virus just weeks ago said Richardson's symptoms started out like a sinus infection before she quickly began losing oxygen Richardson was then admitted to a hospital in Mobile Alabama and I said it correctly until Friday because you say it the way the locals say it Friday when she lost her battle with COVID-19. I don't know. I think it'd be kind of cool. To, it's a story to tell. Pirates are just working men. I, I feel like I could have some kind of cool experience like Archer with the pirates. Maybe I could become the pirate king. Uh, speaking of pirates... One of the shittiest sheriffs in all of America is actually saying something that makes some fucking sense. We did the story last night about all the cops that are dropping dead because they're right-wing dumb fucks and they believe the idiots they're riding around in their cruisers listening to Phil Valentine and shit. And they're getting misinformation. This is Sheriff Grady Judd He's the one that was putting signs up in people's yards. He's been involved in a couple of high-profile cases. Like, this dude's a real asshole. But he's correct on this one. The virus is real. 
and it's deadly. And Christopher is the poster child for how deadly it is. He was only 32 and healthy. Bill Valentine was that right-wing radio host that we talked about his death. We heard from his brother, and I got really fucking pissed off. Because he should have never been on the radio in the first place. Because he was a dumb fuck. And now he's not with us any longer. I have the vaccination. I encourage everyone to get the vaccination that's eligible. My wife and I got the vaccination day one when we were eligible. And you know what? I had four direct exposures, direct exposures, in a three-week period. One of the people that I was exposed to sat right in that chair. He's currently in the hospital in serious condition. Another one that I sat next to the week before that died. I was at a Florida Sheriff's Association meeting sat with him, had breakfast, talked about the old times, and two weeks later, he was dead from COVID. Wow. Other exposures in addition to those two. So when I say this, I say it from my heart. Listen to the doctors. Don't listen to the politicians. Get your vaccine. It's not, it's not really the politicians. It really is like AM radio. And the fucks on Fox News and Newsmax, OAN, and the politicians echo that shit because it's what their fucking uh, trained SEAL followers want to hear. They just feed it back to them in this this regurgitated loop. Every physician I know, and they've gone to school for years and years and years to know how to save lives and to make people well, 100% of them have advised me that they got the vaccination and we should as well. It is a sad day. It's a sad set of circumstances that from the president on down, we politicized this very dangerous disease. We didn't politicize it, sir. All of them. I'm not involved in this. The doctors, the scientists, who have spent their entire lives preparing for and saving people's lives, who provide the best information based upon the research that they have at that moment in time. The That's deep, deep rabbit to. hole of YouTube, Facebook opinion. personality. And I did. I'm with you. But I the Jesse Lee Petersons, the Charlie Kirks. That's appropriately trained. Not one dissenting opinion. They all said, independently, get the vaccine. Yes. They have much more education in that field of, than, or say this, they have much more education in that profession than That's I logic, sir. I'm going to listen to them. At the end of the day, we've gotten, we've paid too much attention to know-it-alls on social media who don't, and politicians on mainstream television who knows too much about this, and they don't. And we've not paid enough attention to the doctors who spent a lifetime preparing themselves to save our lives and make us well and better. That's who I'm listening to. I'm recommending the virus vaccination, the COVID vaccination. I'm recommending that in the strongest of terms. 
But that's a personal. I haven't heard anything from Dave Rubin in a couple the weeks. Government doesn't have any right or business to <laughs> personal business. I'm a real staunch supporter of people's individual rights. I wish they would take the vaccine. That is a weird thing coming from a far right nut job sheriff. I'm a staunch supporter of people's individual rights. Bull fucking shit. I'm not going to mandate it. I think that's government overreach. But I highly recommend it. I absolutely unequivocally will not. I think you should mandate it in your department, sir. Period. I think that's good. No, 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 no. Actually, actually, no, 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 no. I think you shouldn't mandate it in your department. I'm actually on the side of the COVID on this one. That strikes at totalitarianism, communism. He's got to throw communism in there. It's way too up in our personal business already. And I will not mandate it. You are the government, sir. Valid and good. I will encourage it just from because I have a position I can't. I'm not asking people to do one thing and me do something else. I took the vaccine the moment I was eligible to receive it. I, I like living, and I like living healthy. And I don't think the, you know, yes, is there risk? There's risk to get in the car and drive out of the parking lot or out of your home in the morning. Nothing is risk-free. But I can tell you this. When I look at the data today during this surge, the people who got the vaccine overwhelmingly are not the ones in the hospital. They're not the ones that are sickest, and they're not the ones that are dying. Duh. Duh! (laughs) Thank you! You know, it's not a figment of someone's imagination. This is not yes, yes, he has been wrong on every other issue, every other fucking video I have played to this motherfucker on this show for like the year and, so, and some change I've been doing this show. Every time I have played this motherfucker, which has been several fucking times, he has been wrong and I have cussed him out. But on this one specific issue, on the thing he's saying, duh. <laughs> Oh, fuck. But over in L.A. County, we have a fire captain who took the opposite approach. The LAFD is investigating a captain after he blasts the city's vaccine mandate. Let's hear what he's got to say. This is a fight for freedom of choice, free will. This is a fight against tyranny. It's a fight against tyranny. Look how he's the fucking veins in his neck are bulging out. You entitled fucking white man. Fuck you, dude. Outrage being voiced online over vaccine mandates. A local fire captain in uniform posting his feelings about mandatory vaccines on social media. Just as the FDA fully approves the Pfizer vaccine and people are lining up to get a jab at a local nighttime clinic. We have live team coverage beginning with our reporter Leanne Suter. Leanne. Mark, we're hoping that Pfizer's approval will help with vaccine hesitancy. It also means that businesses and I mean, this is weird of me to say this. Like, I'm, 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 I'm prejudging yet again tonight. But like, I bet she's cool. I bet she cusses up a storm. 
But she'd be fun to play poker with. She probably sits there with like a fucking cigar in her mouth. Like she looks like she's cool as shit. And government agencies can move forward with vaccine mandates, and that has some promising a fight. When will this tyranny stop? LAFD Captain Christian Granucci under investigation by the department's Professional Standards Division after posting an angry rant on social media blasting LA's vaccine mandate, which calls for all city employees to be vaccinated by September 20th. This is a fight for freedom of choice, free will. This is a fight against tyranny. The department says the 31-year veteran is in uniform and appears to be on duty, violating LAFD rules. Granucci says he and others are prepared He's to take seething. against the city. There is a large group of us in the hundreds, and we have an attorney on retainer, and he... His name is, is Jesus. ...a shark. The anger and frustration coming as the FDA officially approves Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine for those 16 Fuck. and older. The FDA's announcement today is basically giving all of us a stamp of approval stating that the vaccine is indeed... There might be hundreds of those fucking Nazis in the chat rooms he's in where he's fucking seething over this fucking shit. And that's the way they talk in the comment section. Oh my god, like like if you go to like a Breaking Points video, like Crystal and Sager, oh my god. Their audience is so toxic. And they're and like, they are focused on like the Australian draconian lockdowns, they called it. Like, they're really making a big deal over this story, which it is. It fucking sucks. And I don't, I don't really want to talk about it, but like some officials in Australia euthanized some animals instead of letting them go to a different shelter. And that, that. That's, that's really uh, shitty. I feel like uh, shelter personnel can take the proper precautions, wear the proper masks and shit. They didn't want to have them cross the lockdown between the different provinces. But fuck. Yeah, the woman you're describing is not the woman that was on the screen. The woman you're, like... Like, I... I don't even know what like somebody listening to the podcast would even think that she looked like. Like I don't I don't know why I thought she looked cool. Like she's just a normal looking woman. There was nothing There was nothing odd about her at all. Like just like the just like the confidence she exuded. Like made me think like, oh she she sits at a poker table and holds her own shit. Safe. Calling it the gold standard, President Biden hoping the move will ease the vaccine hesitancy among the more than 80 million eligible Americans who remain unvaccinated. He is also urging employers to make the shot mandatory for workers. If you're a business leader, a nonprofit leader, a state or local leaver who has been waiting for full FDA approval to require vaccinations, I call on you now to do that. Require it. Currently, only kids 12 and older can get vaccinated, but Pfizer says it expects to complete its studies on vaccines for kids 5 to 11 by the end of September. The company also says it is developing a vaccine targeting the Delta variant tearing through the country. We are developing a Delta-specific vaccine because this is something very important. I cannot... Oh, yeah, we heard from this dude earlier. ...global health and just based on my certainty, not have something ready in case we need Tomorrow, the CDC is set to meet to discuss the need for a possible vaccine booster. Uh, like, 
She could be a fucking mom on a sitcom. She could be a fucking librarian. She could be a fucking uh, college professor. Like, oh, I, I don't know what I was doing, like, judging the looks of this woman. Just, she looks like I'd want to hang out with her. She looks cool. Stop. I'm an idiot. Sticking in uh, L.A. Oh, no, this isn't in L.A. This is in Reading. Only read a little bit of this. Oh, California police chased a non-existent Antifa bus. On the 1st of June, 2020, a law enforcement official in the small northern California city of Reading sent screenshots of two social media posts to her staff asking them to investigate. One was an Instagram story. Be aware, I have heard from a reliable source that Antifa buses with close to 200 people, domestic terrorists, are planning to infiltrate Reading and possibly cause distraction and destruction. The second, a Facebook post. So I, I wonder if, uh, I'm sure Media Winch is aware of this. The second, a Facebook post warned that buses of protesters planning to riot had stopped in, I'm not going to say this right, Klamath Falls in southern Oregon. But there was no rioting or burning as they decided to move on. The post included a grainy image of a small van with Black Lives Matter written on the back. Elizabeth Barkley, the chief of the California Highway Patrol Northern Division, which covers rural parts of the state just south of Oregon, asked her colleagues to look into the claims and notify our allied agencies in town. 90 minutes later, another uh, CHP official forwarded the message to officers saying, the thought is these buses are roaming, looking for events to attend and possibly cause problems. Fifteen minutes after that, a CHP sergeant told a list serve of commanders that possible Antifa buses are heading to Reading, adding that the agency's tactical alert center had been notified. The official said that CHP aircraft operations were now actively trying to locate a vehicle on the freeway. All over a bullshit social media post, somebody said, God damn, these people are stupid. The sheriff of nearby Humboldt County, William Hansel, shared the information with his entire staff, saying, Be on the lookout for Antifa buses from Oregon. The actions of officials in Shasta and Humboldt counties last summer outlined in internal documents obtained through a public records request by Property of the People, a not-for-profit transparency group, and shared with The Guardian. They show how officers in these rural counties, known for weed farms and hiking and overwhelmingly white, were swiftly duped by unfounded allegation about Antifa buses threatening to infiltrate the community as the United States wrestled with the death of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter demonstrations that sprung up in the aftermath. Oh, Media Witch! I'm fucking asking you shall receive! Holy fuck! I, I just mentioned you. 
Records also show how the agency's response to those unsubstantiated allegations helped spread misinformation rooted in online conspiracy theories. The files were particularly troubling, experts said, because Antifa conspiracy theories have inspired armed right-wing vigilantes to organize in response, sometimes with violent demonstrations. Unverified warnings about Antifa threats and buses of left-wing activists making their way to various protest sites were all over the internet on the 1st of June, amplified by right-wing accounts, including Donald Trump Jr.'s Instagram. Already that day, NBC News reported that at least some of the rumors were started by a white nationalist group posing on Twitter as Antifa and threatening to move into the residential areas of white hoods and take what's ours. And of course, just like I've told the story, the woman here in my apartment building when I'm up at the fucking clubhouse picking up a package, and she's like, I'm worried about my son who's a sheriff's deputy. He's going to get attacked by Antifa here in fucking Alabama. These people eat it up. On the morning of the 2nd of June, however, Hansel, the Humboldt County Sheriff, emailed staff to say he had confirmed (laughs) with California Highway Patrol that the bus is currently in Reading. He confirmed that the bus is currently in Reading and that California Highway Patrol had a surveillance team monitor. How much money? How much of taxpayers' resources did these dumb fucks waste? At the same time, journalists, disinformation experts, and some law enforcement officials were debunking the Antifa bus rumors across the U.S. And also, I want to bring up last night that, like, disinformation experts, they're talking about these accounts on Twitter that were identifying the people that were at the Capitol riot and matching them up with the crimes that they committed. What in the fuck? Edward Snowden exposed this large surveillance state. We're supposedly, the NSA, the FBI, you have these entire bureaucracies dedicated to this shit. Why are the actual law enforcement agencies dumb as fuck? And not able to do their jobs properly. Defund the police. Defund the surveillance state. Defund the national security apparatus. Fuck! It is clearly useless if they can't even fucking identify and match people with the crimes going on right in front of the fucking Capitol. Right in front of the fucking Capitol. It took fucking Twitter users to figure out the charges to properly charge people with. That's insane. Fuck off. 20 years of this gigantic surveillance state. Suck my dick, fuckers. 
Still, at a press conference on the 4th of June, Hansel publicly raised concerns about Antifa's threats, saying his agency had substantiated law enforcement reports that Antifa did have people in buses and suggesting the groups want to disrupt things and want to cause violence. Sounds like you're spreading right-wing fucking propaganda, you dumb fuck. The sheriff, records show, soon received emails from a resident asking why he was continuing to make such claims without a shred of evidence, along with questions from a county supervisor about his comments. I was just talking about like the post 9-11 surveillance. That's when we really ramped it up. You're right. It's been it's been much longer than 20 years. But man, have we ever thrown a gigantic amount of money at it in the last 20 years. A week later, however, Hansel released a new statement to local media, once again repeating his warnings. CHP confirmed the reports of an Antifa bus or buses. He added that he would continue to share information on radical groups, right or left, that promote violence. As we know... Media which can attest to this, there are many right-wing groups in Reading to be worried about. Spokesperson for Hansel, but I'm sure they're friends with the fucking sheriff. Spokesperson for Hansel told the Guardian the sheriff had made those statements based upon information provided to us by the California Highway Patrol. The sheriff's office, she said, was not involved in the Antifa bus investigations and no bus was located in Humboldt County. CHP spokeswoman told the Guardian that the agency had received no evidence about possible buses beyond the two uh, screenshots and said its investigative unit reviewed the social media posts to evaluate potential public safety issues. She noted that Oregon police had raised similar concerns. A CHP air unit conducted a short search for the buses. However, they were unable to locate them, the spokeswoman said in an email, adding that no specific individuals were surveilled, contacted, or apprehended, and that no threat was identified. The full extent of the operation is unclear, though the spokeswoman said the actual aerial search was brief, stating that the Antifa bus mission was a 12-minute event. Also unclear why Hansel said there was a confirmed bus in Reading. A June the 2nd report from the CHP Northern Division on George Floyd protests said no arrests were made and noted that all related protests in the region were expected to be peaceful. It is clear to experts, however, is that the correspondence between the agencies suggests the, uh, they lacked basic news and social media information literacy. He probably lack actual literacy. According to Ryan Shapiro, the executive director of Property of the People, who investigated how police monitor Antifa activists, anti-fascist activists. HP had relied on obviously baseless right-wing social media posts to launch military-style aerial surveillance missions for non-existent Antifa convoys. Those cops are dumb as fuck. I mean, the Supreme Court has even uh, ruled that police agencies can discriminate against people with high IQs. 
It's not even getting into the problem with IQ tests. I actually hadn't heard of anybody promote the Antifa bus theory. I'm surprised. I probably just missed it. Among the other, the deluge of other dumb fuckery. <sighs> Content warning. I, I think we might even have a video with this one. Cop filmed dragging student face down during a wellness check has now been charged with assault. The RCMP officer seen on video dragging a handcuffed woman on the ground, stepping on her head and pulling her hair during a wellness check has been charged with assault. Take place. The nursing student. Surveillance footage from January 2020 showed Kilawana RCMP uh, that Corporal Lacey Browning dragging University of British Columbia. Akinanagen? I have no clue how to say that. I apologize to you Canadians. Student Mona Wang out of her apartment to the building's entrance. Browning put her foot on the back of Wang's head while she was handcuffed and lying on the ground at her feet. Video shows she also pulled Wang's hair, lifting her head off the ground, appeared to say something to her. We don't have a, a video. Finally, we had to do a lot of click-throughs to get to it. Even YouTube's got the content warning up. What the fuck? And she's, she's handcuffed? Jesus Christ! ACAB means all. Doesn't matter what country you're in. Some of the U.S.'s bad habits are... What in the fuck is she... What the fuck?! I I can't believe I mean this dude is clearly concerned like you should have knocked her the fuck out dude What the fuck This poor young lady What the hell? I mean, it looks like like she's just waking up like she had been knocked out and fucking 
The cop put a boot to her head. Picked her up by her hair. What the fuck? I feel like assault is not a... A strong enough charge. Like assault is what you... I am a firm believer that police officers... What the fuck is this? She grabbed a rug from the lobby here. This this poor young lady, there's snow on the ground. She's taking her out. She's in like a sports bra or some shit. She used the rug to prop the fucking door open? What the fuck? What is wrong with this woman? Security footage came from a lawsuit weighing a nursing student filed against the RCMP. Wang told CTV she believes having a nurse present at mental health calls would create another watchful eye so they don't take advantage of someone who's already vulnerable. According to the lawsuit, Wang's boyfriend called the police to request a wellness check in January. The lawsuit said Browning didn't announce herself as a cop and arrived to find Wang semi-conscious on the bathroom floor. The statement of claim alleges Browning uh, proceeded to kick Wang in the stomach, step on her arm, and call her a stupid idiot. The lawsuit claims, is stupid idiot a Canadian thing? Like, I've, I've never heard anybody else say it other than, like, Chris Jericho. The lawsuit claims Browning repeatedly punched Wang, leaving her with bruises to the face, broken blood vessels to the left eye, swollen right eye, and bruising to the right temple. At the hospital later, the lawsuit alleges Browning said Wang was high on methamphetamines, but she had no drugs in her system. In response to the lawsuit, which also names the British Columbia Ministry of Public Safety and Attorney General of Canada as defendants, the RCMP said Wang's dog attacked Browning and that she was self-harming and behaving in a bizarre and erratic manner. What? The RCMP alleges that Browning had to strike Wang because Wang became violent while being arrested. Arrested for what? She was in her own goddamn residence. The RCMP's response doesn't address some of the most egregious behavior in the video, including why Browning stepped on Wang's head and pulled her hair. Oh, I've said it a million times. Cops lie when they don't even have a reason to lie. Police in Canada have killed at least five people during wellness checks since April. What the fuck? This story, this this is the story from 2020. The story that we were reading earlier was that finally they charged with assault. So it took a lawsuit and I guess a year and a half of fucking investigation when you have the video evidence that we can all fucking tell to charge her with assault. 
Fuck off. God damn. And I believe that any fucking police officer, any public servant, should be charged with at least double the mandatory minimum that a civilian would face. I think assault is not a severe enough charge. I think it also should be a dereliction of duty, uh, 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 a public menace charge. Fucking, I don't fucking know. Throw the fucking book at them. We should hold cops to a much higher standard. And they should face incredibly severe penalties for fucking up. Shouldn't give them leeway the way we do. Because we see what leeway produces. Fuck off. Hold them to a higher standard. They're supposed to know the law. A black cop was seriously fired for saying the N-word. Happened in Florida. A black Tampa cop who was beloved by parents, faculty, and students was fired last March for using the N-word while on duty as a resource officer at a local high school. I don't know about scouted for their low IQs, but as I pointed out many times, uh, they can discriminate against people with high IQs. And I think they regularly do. But now, nearly six months later, and after waves of support from the community, local officials voted to reverse the department's decision. Earlier this week, Tampa's Civil Service Board voted that while Tampa Police Chief Brian Duggan was within his right to fire Officer Delvin White for his use of the N-word, the decision to fire him went too far. The eight-year veteran of the department returned to duty Tuesday morning. Do not want to see the city lose an employee like that who obviously does his job above and beyond. A difficult job in, let's face it, very difficult circumstances. I guess the difficult circumstances he's talking about is fucking Florida. One of the board members told the Tampa Bay Times, it's like cutting off your nose to spite your face. On March 2nd, Duggan fired White after a random audit of police body cam footage found that White used the N-word on two separate occasions. In the first instance, he was on the phone with his wife and used the word in reference to students. The second time, he used it during an arrest at Middleton High School, where he'd worked as a student resource officer since 2018, as the student disobeyed White's orders to put his hands behind his back for handcuffing the two exchanged words. We actually have the footage. When does the offense take place? 12 minute video. We're going to go ahead and put our time at 10.30. We're clearing at 10.30. See y'all in the morning. Thank you very much. We appreciate you.
All right, okay, buddy. it's coming up here right in about there. 30 seconds, the first use. Yeah, in, in the U.S., we have school resource officers who are on campus, mainly to harass poor and, and people of color, poor students, people of color. That's, that's mainly what they do. Arrest them for drugs. Supposedly they're there for safety, but we see what happens with school resource officers. Uh, they are proceeding uh, to trial with the one that was... Um, one that was at Parkland when the school shooting happened. He fucking ran. He didn't do anything to protect the students. He ran like a fucking coward. Yeah, it's playing. breath in the car what they are actually sparkly green all right man see you next time so he just i don't even he just said it under his his breath There's an, another instance. The other instance is where he was on his... Because I, I thought from reading the story that one was at, like actually in front of students or some shit. Like, he, was, he hadn't even gotten out of his car yet. What? <laughs> kind of weird that he's just walking around saying it, but like, you kind of get that right when you're a black guy. I don't think he did anything wrong. But now, this motherfucker, who is a jailer, did indeed do something wrong. They are going to... Just just watch this, watch this, watch this. He's been arrested... For providing contraband to inmates. They've said that he does not deserve to wear that uniform. The polo shirt that they give the jailers. As if it's some prestigious thing. Yeah, fuck him for doing this. They could have donated the shirt. I guess you wouldn't want to do that because it has a, a like a official emblem on it. Now turn around here. Turn around and place it. You come to our jail and do this. This is what it's going to get you. You're a disgrace to this uniform, and you need to go to jail for good. For good. For good. <laughs> away for life for providing contraband. So I do believe it, it carries a pretty hefty fucking uh, sentence to it usually. This is a warning. Come to our jail and bring this with you. And you will go to jail. We will prosecute you. Get out of here. 
<laughs> oh, what a video. They deleted the video, but I'm, I'm glad somebody preserved it. This this next story is from the New York Post, so they're framing it as staff shortages causing it. Inmates run wild on Rogers Island. Apparently, this is going on, like, as of this afternoon. Oh, it got updated just a little bit ago. He is, is facing staffing shortages. We have... We don't have any video from inside the jail, do we? Inmates are running wild on Rockers Island amid an ongoing staffing crunch that's left charges free to stab each other, answer the phones, and run through corridors destroying maintenance equipment. The Post has learned. On Sunday morning, three inmates from the Folk Nation gang jumped a Bloods member and slashed him in the face inside an unmanned uh, housing area at the Ann M. Cross Center, the jail's largest facility. At the time, 26 corrections officers were working quadruple shifts, 35 were on triple shifts, and 30 patrol posts across the AMKC were unmanned as the jail grapples with an ongoing staff shortage. Internal communications show. A day earlier at the Otis Bantam Correctional Center, Another Rikers facility, a group of inmates ran wild through the corridors and destroyed a bunch of fire safety equipment before officers could stop them, according to an internal email, seeking emergency maintenance. Numerous inmates were running through the corridors. Inmates broke the fire cabinets and numerous exit signs throughout the corridors. They also removed the hoses and nozzles from the cabinets, states the email. On Monday, the chaos continued, according to Patrick Ferrialu. President of the Correction Captains Association. One of my captains in AMKC called the housing area and the inmates answered the phone. Which is kind of cool. The inmate said, Hey, how you doing, Captain? The officer went home. He was tired. He was going <laughs> into... Oh, this is the inmate saying it. Hey, how you doing, Captain? The officer went home. He was tired. He was going into his triple or fourth tour and he left. He left us alone. It's a housing area with no correctional officer watching over them. This is an everyday occurrence. It's just been a nightmare. Oh, well, obviously you aren't paying enough to attract people to work for your fucking torture chamber. Speaking of torture chambers... Fucking Texas is doing some underhanded shit to their workers. But hey, what's new? Poor workers are dying from heat as we continue to suffer the effects of global warming and climate change. Texas may make it harder to protect them. In the summer of 2010, the Workers' Defense Project, a Texas-based group that supports immigrant workers in the construction industry, organized a thirst strike in front of Austin City Hall. More than a dozen workers and advocates sat in the June heat and went without water for six hours on a day that reached 90 degrees Fahrenheit. 
The strikers wanted the city council to require employees to provide drinking water, I'm sorry, employers, to provide drinking water and regular breaks to workers after a survey found that many construction workers were not receiving either, even though temperatures in Austin have reached as high as 112 degrees Fahrenheit. Campaign was a success. That year, the city council passed an ordinance mandating that construction workers get a 10-minute water break every four hours. That's the least you can fucking do. 2015, Dallas adopted a similar requirement, but now Republican lawmakers in Texas are pushing a bill that would eliminate these minimal protections that help workers survive on very hot days, which are increasing in the number and severity. A bill which was passed by the Texas Senate in May strips municipalities of the ability to regulate employment benefits and policies and was proposed in order to stop cities from issuing protections related to the COVID-19 pandemic, like mandatory sick leave. Because right-wingers fucking hate regular people. Just That's, that's the only conclusion. You can get, or more, more apt, the people that fund these idiotic right-wing politicians. Eight normal people. More than 30 million Americans earn their living doing physical labor outdoors, according to the Union of Concerned Scientists analysis of census data. And increasingly, they are working in extreme heat. From farm workers and foresters to construction and maintenance workers, outdoor workers are up to 35 times more likely to die from exposure to extreme heat than the general population. This is according to past research. But while the risks of working in heat have been documented and studied by government agencies since at least the 1970s, the United States has yet to enact national labor standards to protect workers on very hot days. In the absence of national standards, only a few cities and two states, California and Washington, have issued their own protections. Two new reports released on Tuesday illustrate the consequences of the government's inaction and forecast how much worse the impacts on heat on outdoor workers could become if climate change is not curbed quickly, which ain't fucking happening. Investigation by NPR and Columbia Journalism Investigations found that the three-year average of worker heat deaths has doubled since the early 1990s and that workers of color have been hit the hardest. Their analysis of data from the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, or OSHA, and the Bureau of of Labor Statistics shows that there have been 384 documented heat-related on-the-job deaths since 2010, one-third of which were Hispanic workers, but that number is a vast undercount, the investigation says, because not all companies report worker fatalities. Not all companies report worker fatalities. Not all companies report worker fatalities. Well, that's something I learned today that you would think um, wouldn't be a thing. Holy shit. So asshole Republicans trying to prevent construction workers from having a 10-minute water break. Fuck me. 
Meanwhile, we see the impact of the Republican governors taking away the unemployment benefits earlier this summer, ending unemployment benefits, had little impact. No thanks, CNBC. I do not want your bullshit. Ending unemployment benefits had little impact on jobs and fueled $2 billion with a B, Carl Sagan, billions with a B, spending cut. States that withdrew from federal unemployment programs in June saw slightly higher job growth through early August relative to states that didn't end benefits, according to a new study. Still, seven in eight people who saw benefits reduced or eliminated did not find employment, according to researchers. States that withdrew early from federal unemployment programs pushed a few people back to work and fueled a nearly $2 billion cut in household spending, potentially hurting their local economies. 26 state governors, all Republican, except one, opted out of the pandemic-era programs several weeks before their official expiration date on Labor Day. Enhanced benefits were keeping the unemployed from looking for jobs and fueling a labor shortage, they claimed. Now, a few states have been sued and reinstated their unemployment benefits. That bet seems to have had a limited payoff so far, according to a paper authored by economists and researchers at Columbia University, Harvard University, and the University of Massachusetts. Amherst and the University of Toronto, the research was published on Friday. The data suggests unemployment benefits aren't playing a big role in hiring challenges and that other factors we've talked about a million times, paying your workers are having a larger impact, a similar thrust to other recent research analyzing the policy decisions. The new paper uses uh, anomalized data, or anomalized bank account data from financial services uh, company Earning to track 18,000 individuals who were receiving unemployment benefits in late April. Researchers compared the individuals in 19 states that withdrew federal benefits in June against those in 23 states that kept them intact. And we already had the data that showed that the unemployment program was a boom for the economy and helped keep us afloat through the pandemic. It is always a good thing to give money to poor people because they spend it in local economies. But hey, I got some good news for you. I guess it's good news that I'm reading this in 2021. Holy fuck, I was floored. Evolution is now accepted by the majority of Americans. In 2021, evolution now accepted by the majority of Americans. Uh, I'm assuming evangelicals, ad earthers, dumb fucks. Evolution is now publicly accepted by the majority of Americans. I would have thought it was fucking 30 years ago. I didn't realize that we were still this far behind. 
This is according to a new study from the University of Michigan. The study was based on a series of national public opinion surveys conducted over the last 35 years. The national samples, U.S. adults were asked to agree or disagree with this statement. Human beings, as we know them today, developed from earlier species of animals. A series of surveys showed that Americans were evenly divided on the question of evolution from 1985 to 2007. But over the last decade, the percentage of American adults who agreed with the statement increased from 40 to 54 percent, according to the university. From 1985 until 2010, there was a statistical dead heat between acceptance and rejection of evolution. But acceptance then surged, becoming the majority position in 2016. Study identified aspects of education as the strongest factors leading to the acceptance of evolution. That includes civic science literacy, taking college courses in science, and having a college degree. I... They've been talking, like, this is just, the the Q stuff is all just repackaged shit. They've been talking about, like, depopulation and stuff like that for a hell of a long time. It's just a new flavor of the right-wing bullshit. Glad my lungs can actually take it now. If I did have the COVID, maybe, maybe it was because I exercised my lungs so much that I was able to bounce back so quickly. Okay, so, okay, here's the thing. I went to a Christian school my eighth grade year. My mom did it as a, as a, as a punishment. It was actually a good decision. I, I learned a lot at that school. They weren't necessarily a denomination. It was a non-denominational school. And uh, I've had one of my teachers on from that Christian school. He's, he's a pastor, uh, the salty pastor. Did the interview with him a few months back. Um, my science teacher uh, is co-ed. I, I had my first real girlfriend at that school. because it, it was my eighth grade year. My science teacher at that school, she she told us the theory of evolution as I as I learned it later in college. You know, you dumbed down for fucking eighth graders. She told it to us and then was like, but God set this in motion. But here's the facts as we know them. A couple of years later, I go to the county school. I'm in high school. And first they had to take us from one teacher to like, I was in a teacher's room that I never had because the other teacher wouldn't even approach the subject in the county school. At the Christian school, this was no problem. They taught us uh, the facts as they were. In the county school, my biology teacher, I guess it was, wouldn't even talk about the subject. So for that day, they switched classes. And we had to go to a different teacher's class. 
And he came in and he like lamented. He's like, <sighs> now some people believe this thing about evolution. And that, that has stuck with me all these years that the, the Christian school had no problem teaching that. And that the teachers at the public school made a big stink about it. What the fuck is wrong with you people? And ser- like seriously, that's all she said was like, oh, God set this in motion. And I think we even had a day where she answered questions about like how it matches up biblically and shit. Where she would let us like, because they were really good. Like I will, I will admit in terms of the education I received at that Christian school, uh, that shows you just not to judge things. Like, it was better than I got at the, at the county school. I will admit it. One of one of one of my history teachers, it might have been civics, whatever, social studies, whatever the fuck they called it in sixth or seventh grade. One of them uh, went far right, fucking nut job years ago. I was friends with him on Facebook, and like. 2010 time, and he's talking about Obama being a secret fucking Muslim socialist bullshit. Dude was a fucking nut job then. I can imagine he's gone full MAGA stupid fuck. But like, does this, I still, it boggles my mind that people can't accept reality. I really am. I'm stunned that just now the majority of Americans accept evolution, which is just... You can fucking see it in the way viruses behave. You can you can see it on, on the on the micro level. How do you, how do you reject it unless you're just stupid? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Ran about the religious people over. Let's let's look at this orphaned ten week river otter who gets a second chance at an Oregon zoo because it's cute as fuck. We're ending tonight with a with a fucking river otter. Look at this little baby. I try to mix it up and give you different animals. Ah, look at it swim around. I'm glad this zoo took it in. I, I, no, I'm a, I don't want to say county schools suck. The best teacher I ever had. Maybe even including, like, I had some good college professors. Dula was an amazing fucking college professor. One of the absolute best teachers I ever had came from a county school. And still to this fucking day, you bring her up on my fucking Facebook page and all my friends will chime in. Yes, she was an amazing teacher. Aw. I'm sorry about your rat, dude. I This otter is cute as shit. I love like getting up in the camera like that. I have never, uh, I've never been around an otter. I don't know what they feel like. Are they furry? I mean, he looks furry. Can you pet an otter? 
They're oily. I mean, they, they like, they have to stay wet a lot, don't they? It is absolutely adorable. I'd have a pet otter. So it was a rescue that the zoo adopted. Good on this zoo. There's a lot of badass streamers on right now. It's uh they got oily fur. Hard to pick a good channel. So many of them. If you're watching on Twitch, I'm gonna send you over to USA Hole. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's alright to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freaking. We'll see you tomorrow night. On the Troll Patrol, live. That motherfucker doesn't look savage, looks cute as shit. I want to pet it.